Welcome to Group Talk. Four shows, one podcast from the Small Group Network focusing on topics relevant to small group ministries. Whether you're in a church of 100 or 10,000, whether you're a volunteer or staff, we want to support, encourage, and equip you to lead well. So relax, listen, and enjoy Inside Saddleback with Steve Gladen. Happy July to all of you small group point people out there in the trenches of small group ministry. Thank you so much for tuning in to listen to our show today. It's Derek here along with your other host, Steve. Dave, buddy. Good to see you again. Uh, it's a uh, happy summer. Happy summer's in full swing and we're just motoring through. So Steve, how was your 4th of July? How late did you actually stay up and did you light off any sparklers? You know what? It was great. We had our small group over. Uh, it was a, a blast. And so, uh, you know, just, you know, love seeing, love seeing fireworks and, uh, you know, it's how, what, what can be better than having your small group over? I'm guessing you enjoyed probably a fine meat and cheese platter. Cause for those who may not know, Steve is like a master cheese aficionado. Uh, Steve, what's your most favorite cheese of all? No, dude, that's that's like elementary stuff. It's like a, a baby Swiss, a baby Swiss, preferably from Wisconsin. Thank you, all my Wisconsin <laughs> folks out there. Although ABC always says always buy Californias, but California just doesn't quite measure up. So if you really love Steve, if you appreciate the show today, uh, why don't you send him some uh, baby Swiss cheese from Wisconsin? Um, he and will and get my doctor will love you for that. Thank you very much. <laughs> So if you are new to the show, we feature four segments each time. We have the Saddleback Scoop, the Network Nugget, our leadership learning, and the trending topic. Steve, as we go into the Saddleback Scoop, what do you got for us this month? Yeah, I mean, we, we got a lot in store for you in the show, as, as Derek was talking about. And summer's a great time to, you know, uh, kind of take a look back and, you know, readjust and get some things. Uh, also on the show, we have a special guest, uh, Dave Enns, one of my great friends. I'll introduce him to you a little bit later on. We'll be coming on the show, uh, you know, uh, talking about our last topic that we were we were kind of, uh, you know, running through, you know, is sermon-based curriculum hazardous to your small group health? And always love uh, other viewpoints and wisdom that can come out from other folks. So we'll get into that. But hey, for the Saddleback Scoop, one of the things that uh, I would encourage you to do is uh, what we call the five R's of summer. And Derek, if you're okay, I'm just going to jump into that because one of the things that we're doing at Saddleback is, uh, especially coming out of a pandemic, but you, you throw the pandemic away, which every one of us are, have been wanting to do for so long, is uh, you know every summer we try to re-engage some different things. So let me just fire up five things that we're doing that you may want to uh, consider to put on your radar. Uh, and just let me give you first the first R is recruit. Uh, obviously, as uh, you are moving into the, the more meteor seasons of fall and the new year and all that, but it's a great opportunity to be recruiting, uh, recruiting people who that can help you in your small group infrastructure, re- recruiting people that, you know, are, are passionate about groups that want to help you think on a different level, which we call our C team. But it's a great opportunity just to be building. So recruiting is the number one thing you want to be motoring towards. And, and as small group ministry is diversifying into the digital age, uh, you know, uh, it's something where, you know, you can be recruiting on a lot of different fronts. And I just want to put that one to you. Number two is retreats. 
we have two retreats coming up. We're doing a retreat with all of our small group pastors. I know not every church is, uh, you know, got multiple small group pastors, uh, but the second one would be very pertinent to you. And that is in the fall, we're doing a retreat well, with all of our community leaders and anybody who helps in the small group ministry. And a, and a retreat is a great opportunity to re-solidify your foundation and to vision cast. And if you've got new hills that are in front of you to kind of get them excited and help them know. So uh, this summer, we got a retreat that we're doing at the ranch for our small group pastors. And then we have another one we're doing with our community leaders. So excited about uh, both those folks and uh, what God's going to do through that. Uh, the third R I would encourage you to do is review. And I would go through all of our your websites, your training, your tools that you're offering. Uh, we just did this review and um, Derek in the show notes, we'll, we'll put uh, Saddlebacks. Uh, we have one common page where we send all of our, anything about small groups is on this one page. And so uh, we just got got done redoing all of that and making that happen. So uh, review, review, review. Uh, it's amazing how quick stuff goes out of date on your website, in your training manuals, in your covenants you may have, uh, in your curriculum promotion, in the tools that you're sending people to. So uh, be thinking about that. Uh, the fourth thing I would say is R&R. Uh, you, you need some rest and relaxation. Uh, but some of that is what we're doing in July this month with all of our small groups is we're calling it the month, the month of fellowship. And it's one of our key metrics that we use, but, uh, we're including, encouraging all of our groups just to go OD on fellowship and, you know, coming out of the pandemic and getting ready to, uh, move into fall. We're, we're focusing everybody on the, on the fellowship side, of, of what's going on. A uh, fifth one would be uh, for the final one is regathering. And as you're thinking about the regathering, uh, this one reminds you that there's two types of planning you do. You do operational planning, which tends to be you're working today on today. And that can be you're planning out the week or the month or something like that. But there's also strategic planning where you're working on tomorrow today. And as you're working on regathering, you, you want to stay one step ahead always of where your calendar is at. So when you're in summer, you've got to be thinking about fall. When you're in fall, you're, you're thinking about winter. When you're in winter, you're thinking about spring. And in spring, you're thinking about summer. So uh, regathering is something, if you're not thinking about fall already, boy, I would do it. If you're not thinking strategic planning, uh, so many churches I know are in operational planning and they're not doing strategic planning. So those are five R's for summer, recruiting, retreats, review, R&R, and regathering. That is your Saddleback scoop, folks. And like Steve said, you can go to small, uh, saddleback.com forward slash small groups to uh, see the Saddleback small group page for more uh, ideas there. So now let's take our turn around the base to the network nugget where we're talking about the latest news, exciting events coming out of the small group network. Steve, what do you want to start with? Well, I mean, there's, there's a few things. I mean, obviously, uh, if you guys have been, uh, you know, on any of our um, sites or in the Facebook group or anything, you saw that we've been firing up the physical conferences and getting those going. And it's been fun to jump around the United States and, 
and kind of get those going with either aligned or accelerate that's, that's been going on. Uh, but on this particular segment, let's focus on the lobby. Lobby is a fun networking uh, event that we do. And we uh, stumbled upon a virtual lobby where we had about 500 of our favorite friends that were uh, on the, the virtual lobby last fall. And we're gonna continue that in a little bit different format, a little bit different everything. So it's going to be on leadership development, and it's going to be an exciting new format that we're going to do. It's going to be one day. Uh, it's going to be coming in August or September. Uh, matter of fact, by the by the time this airs, we're going to make sure that you have the, the latest info in the show notes right there on how you can register for it. But this fall, we got a virtual lobby coming back. That'll be pretty simple. And the great thing is, is uh, whatever you spend on it is going to be uh, you can use it to come to the physical lobby as a discount. So uh, depending what price break you go for, um, you know, it, it could be beneficial for you. If you wait the last minute, it may not be as beneficial for you, but you can get some great benefits. You can read the website and get all that. And then what I'm excited about, and this is where strategic planning comes in place, is our physical lobby event. It's going to be our 15-year anniversary of the small group network, celebrate all kinds of things that are going on, got some fun giveaways. We've got a special com commemorative coin that we're going to be able to give everybody who attends that lobby. Uh, got a lot of things planned for that uh, at Rancho Capistrano. And so we'll put the link for the lobby there uh, that you can go see it and uh, go with that. So we're excited about so many things that are happening in the network, but it's been uh, exciting to uh, go back towards things that can help us see everybody in 3D, uh, but also take advantage of the digital learnings that we've uh, gotten as of late. So fun stuff. So um, Derek, you were one of the brainchilds that came out of that virtual lobby. You survived <laughs> and uh, excited to uh, see that take a further route. Yeah, that last virtual lobby we did was a blast uh, just a couple of months ago. And then, yeah, then we every February, if you're new to the small group network, we have our physical lobby gathering um, in SoCal at the Saddleback Retreat Center. And so, yeah, go to smallgroupnetwork.com forward slash events to find information on all of this, or you can check the show notes and we will get you more details as soon as we've got them. That is your network nugget. We're going to round the base to the leadership learning. And I think we're talking about um, EQ baselines. Steve, take it away. Well, you know, these are just great baselines for any small group pastor. And, uh, you know, there's so many of us, um, you know, and, and you'll hear a little bit later on in the show when we have Dave Enns on that, uh, Dave and I both have been in ministry since uh, dirt was was brought into existence. And so it was, uh, but oftentimes when you got into ministry, you kind of felt like, man, I'm not qualified. I don't know what I can do. And, the, you know, the resources that are available now just weren't as plentiful uh, back then. But during summer, again, what I would encourage you to do, I'm going to fire through 10 things that are super easy engagement for any small group pastor to can, can do. Whether you're day one in small group ministry or whether you're in year 30 uh, plus like uh, Dave and I and Derek are, I want to encourage you. Actually, Derek, I just aged you quite a bit. Didn't mean to, but you know, uh, you're, you're barely 30. So uh, we'll kind of go with that. Uh, whether you're 30 years old or in ministry 30 years, uh, we can do that. But 
Uh, let me fire through these 10, 10 things that you can do. Super easy engagement. And this will uh, help you out, uh, especially if you're new to the game. But I think they're good reminders for all of us that are late to the game because sometimes we we get a little lazy and rest on our laurels and we don't want to do that like uh, uh, the Washington Huskies do and tend to lose in football because of that. But we'll just, I know, man. That was below the belt. I know. Uh, I, was, I was hoping you were going to tee into the show with, you know, college football because we're, you know, uh, less than 70 days till kickoff. But anyways, number one, uh, being on time. Simple, simple, simple. Uh, when you're not on time, you're not showing people that uh, their time is valuable. Number two, work ethic. Uh, you know, there's so much in scripture about throwing everything you can into what God has given you. Uh, I was doing a conference with Chris Surratt, and he talked about uh, bloom where you're planted. And uh, part of work ethic is just saying, don't look about what you wish you had. Uh, you know, care about what God has given you and what you do have. Uh, three, effort. Effort's a great piece that you can put into your uh, lifestyle and show that you care about things. Uh, how you show up to stuff says a, a lot about who you are. So making sure you give the effort. Uh, four, body language. Man, there there is so much. And this is, this is you know, obviously one of those things that um, we learn in small group ministry, but body language is important when you, you're looking at people. And what kind of body language are you giving? Uh, not body odor, but body language. And so I know uh, since we're coming out of the pandemic, you know, people are learning about showering uh, daily now, and that's exciting. Uh, but body language, what are you doing? Number five, energy. What kind of energy do you bring to the table? Uh, are you excited when you come to a meeting? Are you excited when you come to a training? Are you excited when you bumped into people on the patio? Uh, what, what's that energy level that you're bringing? Which uh, kissing cousin of that, number six, attitude. What kind of attitude do you have? And what the attitude that you bring starts in your mind. And so it's going to be important. Uh, you know, we talk a lot about soul care uh, throughout all of our trainings and so many of our podcasts and so many of the articles. But, you know, soul care starts in the brain. You don't start sinning right away. You, it's, it festers in your brain. Same thing with your attitude. Uh, how you're how you're dealing with people, uh, you want to make sure that attitude is sharp. Uh, seven, passion. What's your passion? And uh, this is what I love. Uh, you know, science has taught us uh, through the reticulating activating system in the base of your brain uh, is that three things, you know, break through uh, your, your brain's filter on what you see in this world. And one of them is fear. Another one is unusual things. Uh, but the third thing is what you value. And what you let through your brain uh, is, you know, things that you value. And when your brain knows it's something you value, it goes through your reticulating, activating system in your brainstem. Uh, I could spend probably 20 minutes teaching you about that. But for right now, just uh, understand your passion comes out of what you value. I didn't know and you were a psychologist. This is awesome. I, I know. It's, it's, you know, it's, it's, you know, PhD stands for a lot of different things, but, you know, uh, actually, I don't even know what PhD stands for, but, you know, <laughs> Bill Donahue would be very disappointed in me right now. Uh, but, uh, you know, it is one of those things where uh, you just do a little simple reading on sociology and it, you pick up these pieces. But passion is what is going to drive you through the thick and through the thin of, of what it's about. 
And uh, like I said, the studies that have been done to show that, you know, you tend to be passionate about what you value and um, are people what you value or is your paycheck what you value or what you drive what you value. But lots on that I could go into, don't have time. Number eight, uh, being coachable. Uh, that's what I love about uh, the small group network. I, I, I learn from everybody, even Dave Enns, who's going to be on the show in just a little bit. You know, you, you learn from him. <laughs> and uh, But you, you learn from everybody in the network. And if you're not coachable, you're, you're not going to be done there. I mean, so many things that the network, I know Derek has taken a new job, great time for me to toot his horn, but he brought a lot of things to the network that I didn't never thought about. And uh, sounded crazy, but you know they ended up being you know things that move the network to the next level. But when you're when you're coachable and you understand, then you can uh, learn and be far better than what you are. Number nine, doing extra. You know, in the book of Nehemiah, uh, I think it's chapter three when he goes through the big long list of people who did things. There's only one person that did extra. And, uh, and it's noted in the scripture. And he not only took care of his part of the wall, he went and helped with somebody else. And scripture acknowledged that. But doing the extra mile, and that's why, even though we're small group people, we're all about the house-to-house movement. When I'm on uh, the temple court side on the weekends, when I'm at a service, I'm always looking to see how I can do extra to help people out when there's need. And number 10, being prepared. And being prepared is, you know, you know, uh, Derek and I are college football nuts, and we, we we love that. But we know the value. The off season always predicts what's going to happen in the real season, and being prepared. And that's why we have courses. That's why we have conferences. That's why we have cohorts that are available to you to make sure that you are prepared to do small group ministry best way you can. Ten quick things uh, just to get your small group pastor baseline rock solid as you're, you're sitting in summer. So uh, we'll throw these 10 things in the show notes for you so you can uh, relook at them and just say, hey, uh, you know, how am I doing on each one of these 10? That was a great, great list. Uh, especially that last one, you said being prepared. You know, you mentioned, Steve, that we're college football nuts. And I think that one's really uh, important, especially to my team, the Washington Huskies, you know, because we're not able to pay players like Ohio State. So we have to really be prepared and practice extra hard to beat uh, teams like Ohio State who pay, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars to their players. Wow. That, that root of bitterness is super deep, man. I, but, but, but I love whenever we can have fake news on our show. That's just great. Hey, Small Group Network family. Jason Banzoff here, Group Talk producer. And I want to talk to you real quick about our blogs. Have you read any of our blog articles this summer? These articles are written by small group point people like yourselves who are in the trenches every single day. Here are just a few. Five ways to plan on getting refreshed this summer by Peter Englert, a small group summer of purpose by Jackie Van Hook, and six summer strategies to invigorate your small groups by Reed Smith. Check out these articles and get the most out of your summer. Visit smallgroupnetwork.com forward slash resources to start reading them today. Now back to Inside Saddleback. All right, we're rounding the corner to the home base of this episode where we are talking about the grand finale, the trending topic. And like Steve hinted earlier, this is part two uh, from last last month is sermon-based curriculum hazardous to your health. Steve, take it away. Well, to our small group health. It's not, it's not hazardous to your health, but your small group health. Yeah, so last week, uh, 
And Dave, Dave Enns is uh, on our show, and I'm so excited to have him. And uh, he'll fire up his mic and be ready to jump in here at any moment. But one of the things that we're excited about is uh, in this part of the, the show is we, we talked last week about uh, can, is sermon-based curriculum hazardous to your small group's health? And one of the things we, we spent on, we were talking about some of the pros of sermon-based curriculum, which, uh, which we shared at the, at the top of that particular segment that uh, Saddleback does use sermon-based. We don't use it solely year in and year out, but we, but we do have it available. Um, but we talked about some of the pros, and that is it's, it's, you know, it's you know, pretty basic, uh, good, a good way for your small group leaders to get equipped. Uh, it's a good way to start groups. It's a good way to get equipped because your uh, idea is watch sermon. And then most churches, they'll produce uh, the questions for you to review uh, and apply it. And so there's a great piece with that. Uh, we talked about one of the negatives is, you know, if you, if you don't make that particular weekend and you didn't watch online, you tend to be uh, at the mercy of the small group leader remembering the sermon and so, you know, that could be dangerous since, you know, we tend to forget things 72 hours after uh, we've heard them. And so if you don't write it down. And so uh, part of that is, is one of the reasons why we started instilling in our sermon-based stuff um, video curriculum. But uh, as you know that uh, my buddy Dave ends, Dave, how long have we known each other? I know it's decades, but, uh, you know, am, am I right on that? Yeah, I would say... 15 years, 20, maybe, uh-huh. I don't know, something like and that. And just, just so our audience can get to know you a little bit better, how long have you been? You've been down at North Coast for how long? North Coast, 31 years. I know I look like I'm 35, Derek's age, who you made him sound like he's really old. And I'm like, whoa, Derek, you look, you're much older than you look, but he corrected <laughs> that. So we're questioning Steve's credibility on occasion, but we'll, we're going with it, right? Yeah, the, the, those numbers were, were pretty bad on my part. I'll, I'll own up to that. But Dave, uh, you know, give us a give us a snapshot. You're down at North Coast. It's obviously sermon based all the time. Uh, quite different than Saddleback. We both have recognized throughout the years we have different approaches to ministry, but somehow people still get saved and people still Amen. get discipled in Amen. either one of our our models. So it's a it's it's a miracle of Jesus of how he does that thing. But give us a little recap of. Uh, what your church is, who you are, and uh... yeah, yeah, been there, been there, thirty-one years. Came on as a high school guy, launched the college ministry, exciting stuff, and then about eighteen years ago, moved into the groups ministry here at North Coast, and and groups ministry, the percentage involved in groups is our definer of our health here, and I think what we're known for is that, and. Um, Moved into that role, and I thought, nah, there's no way I would ever want to be a groups pastor because is that really a real pastor, right? And because I always wanted to be this lead type person, moved into this role and have never looked back because I realized my job is to create parties every week for a group of people to connect and care for one another. And um, that is something I've been doing my whole life, and I can't believe I actually get paid to do it every week. So, Um, Isn't it amazing how many people, you know, take a demotion and become a senior pastor or a campus pastor? I agree. We pray for those people, don't we, Steve? (laughs) I like how Dave said he gets to, he gets paid to create parties. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Because everybody wants to get connected. So, right. I mean, that's, that's party. Yeah. It's party. Yep. So Dave, give us a little, uh, obviously our topic is uh, curriculum and obviously uh, your sermon base. What does, I mean, 
a lot of viewers may not understand what that means in totality. And if I try to explain it, like I do every show, you know, or on a show, it can be done. What, what is sermon based? Yeah. Is it? It's a, it's a lecture lab format. So you hear the message on the weekend, whether you're in person or online. And in our format, we have, you've got those questions for your group right there in your outline as you're taking notes and in, engaged in that. And then that week you take that and discuss that, dig into the word a little bit more, use another passage of scripture and talk about, well, how, how do you live life? How do you put this into action? And so that has been our format now for, I think we've been doing groups for 34 years here um, at North Coast. And so uh, that's, that's what we do. So I'm one of the curriculum writers, uh, write part-time on that. And we've got a number of people that jump in on that. And there's a lot of ways to dice and slice that too. You know, one, one thing that we can point out on the differences, and it's uh, just talking about purely on the sermon-based things, is, is you, you go with where your giftedness is. And uh, so a couple things is uh, at North Coast, and Dave, you can jump in and correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, they tend to do the planning piece and work on it ahead of the message. Uh, I think I got that right, don't I? Kind of. Yeah, yeah. kind of. Whereas in our culture, we, we have no clue with Rick with what's coming down the pike. So we have uh, volunteers that attend our uh, first service service. Uh, uh, at four o'clock on Saturday, and then they um, uh, they'll listen to it and they'll write it. And their goal is always to post it uh, by midnight uh, up on the site for, for for people to grab. So so two things th- that I want you to catch in there, if you if you're going purely on the sermon based side of it, is you know if your pastor's a planner, then you can work ahead of time with with your staff. And then you know we we just adapted. You know our volunteers. We have four teams that rotate every fourth week that will attend the four o'clock and, and write. The other thing too, is that, uh, you know, my gift set isn't writing. So one of the things that I do is uh, we've been using volunteers since July of 99. And Dave, you lean a little bit more into your staff because you have the ability because it's, you, you have it a little ahead of time. So. Yeah. And a little ahead of time is super important. People go, Oh, you get the questions in advance. You know what they're speaking on weeks in advance. Absolutely not. That's not true. We have a sermon, uh, sermon uh, uh, prep meeting on Tuesdays that we get an idea of what the sermon is on. And sometimes we get points too. And that gets super exciting when that ever happens. So, um, so that's our, it's the, you know, it's, it's the hot thing that we do every week is writing those questions. Yeah. So uh, I'm just a little bit lazier and, uh, you know, I'll, I'll go volunteers all the time, but. I love that, Steve, because that's what we say working with other churches. There is no specific person that needs to write the questions. It's a person that <clears throat> can write the questions. So, you know, it, it's, it's pretty, pretty fun and uh, that I can go with that. So Dave, let's, let's talk about health. Uh, obviously one of the things that we said on the show is that uh, whereas we're, we try to, uh, obviously we use sermon base for filler and that you're using it year round. What, what do you feel are the advantages of using it year round? And I can kind of share where Saddleback's point is. Yeah, that's, that's great, Steve. I, I also, Steve, want to mention, Steve gave me a call uh, right as he was uh, making that podcast, because he goes, "Hey man, there's a you're my friend. Hey, I need to talk to you. I'm uh, you're my friend." And I'm like, "Uh oh, where's he going? What's he? I had no clue." And you're like, "Well, I did a message on, um, or I'm doing a podcast on uh, sermon based 
groups and why they're no good. No, you didn't use that term, right? <laughs> and I'm like, what the heck? What are you doing? And, and but I really appreciated that call. And for those of you who are listening, uh, Steve goes, well, what do you think about that? I go, I think you need to have me on your next podcast. And so here we are. And I, again, appreciate you a lot, Steve. Appreciate Derek a lot more, but just for the record. But, uh, <laughs> I know. It's, 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 Derek's lovable. I mean, he's like right. a Labrador. Right. He's, he's just right there. I tend to be oh, yeah. a little bit more like a pit bull. So, yeah. yeah. Hey, uh, yeah. Love to, love to share my heart on that. And uh, good, good stuff. I, when I came to North Coast 31 years ago, <laughs> don't worry, this isn't a 31-year story. <laughs> but you're like, what the heck? Um, uh, I, w- I went to a men's event and I was, we we're a church of 700 people in the church at that point. And I went to that men's event and I sensed this unity, not uniformity, but unity with the men there. And I didn't know what it was. I was a youth pastor. I mean, I was doing my youth ministry stuff and all that and just loving that. Um, and what I suddenly realized, well, suddenly over the next couple of years is the value of that sermon based piece. And I thought, oh, this is genius. I've always felt like when growing up in the church, they gave me too many Bible studies. It's like, I need to just work on this one. We need to discuss this one. And they give another one, another one, another one. And and really, I was thinking this, and it made it true, is that most people don't need to hear another Bible study that week as much as they need to get together with some other people and figure out how to live and discuss the one they already have. And that's what we've been doing at North Coast for these the past 34 years. We were doing topicals and all kinds of other ones, and we just decided to do a company of the committed, kind of like a campaign, like like uh, churches often do, you guys do. And what we found when we went to Sermon Base for that one session was incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, people were suddenly taking notes. They were more active and participatory into the the, uh, the message during while they were listening because they knew they had to discuss it that week and it was part of that topic. Um, and then they went home and discussed, you know, had some prep work that they could do, five minutes, 10 minutes, half an hour, whatever they decide, and then they discussed it. So at that point, we never turned back. We just go, this is rich. Because one of the things that's like, what, what would happen, one of the things we say is, is what would happen in your church if everybody, after the message, and how would the teaching pastor feel about this, if somebody actually studied your sermon further, what would that effect have on your church? And then actually, what would happen if they discussed it with other people and talked, to how to live that, talked about how to live that out? And that is what we have seen at North Coast. And it has just been an incredible ride for us in the, in the midst of that. And um, again, if people are opening up their Bibles on their own, even it's such a, such a big deal. We've, you know, what's our, what's our whole purpose at North coast to make uh, disciples in a healthy church environment. We've got your five W's word, worship, witness, work, and warmth. And warmth is our relational piece. Our, our connection of life groups is what we would, what we would call them. And that's that whole thing is connecting people to God and one another. And God's word in one another. That's like one of our major health markers. And that's why for us, we're like percentages high because we don't want people just to be at the concert on the weekend. We want them to be in relationship in the church during the week. And yeah, so, so, many, so many nuggets that are in there. Obviously, senior pastors love it when you can study your curriculum uh, throughout the week. And uh, obviously, it's easier on your groups. It's a, uh, you know, whether it's your, your five W's or the five purposes, I think they both right. you know, 
you know, get to, to where the Great Commission and Great Commandment are. Uh, Dave, interesting to have your comment uh, or, you know, uh, critique or commentary on this, because one, one, one of the pieces is obviously we there's a discussion is is the weekend for the individual and, and is the curriculum for the small group leader? Because one of the things we obviously have sermon based, but we also have what we call a map a message application plan that uh, takes the sermon deeper for the individual. And so obviously we lean a little bit higher into the individual, thus using our curriculum a little bit more for, for teaching on health. Uh, because, you know, if a group is weak in one of our five purposes, or if a group is weak in one of your five W's, uh, we use curriculum to enhance that. What, what if uh, the, the group isn't quite, um, if they're, if you're talking about um, parenting on the weekend and they're, they may not be quite there or they need to grow in a different area. Um, how are you guys coming around them? Because I know that you have other metrics outside of curriculum to, uh, to bring about health. And if you want to share those, you can jump I, to it. And, or, I, and I love that comment you made last week because you brought that up. Hey, what if a group is going another direction? Let me, let me go back to one thing also about, because you mentioned about engagement. We have found when our groups are in meeting, our engagement in weekend or the message, whether it's online or in person, goes through the roof. We jumped by 30% last fall, online views. And that, you know, that's the whole COVID thing going on. But that we find that does help. We, we, <laughs> find, we find that people are just engaging more. Well, to us, that's a major, if we can get people reading their Bible, hearing the word and reading their Bibles, we're like, there's not a whole lot more we ask for yeah. because that's what we would call a health marker. And now we're going to leave it up the Holy spirit to work with them and their health. Your question on parenting is like, can a sermon based group go and do a parenting series? Well, of course they can. We just want them. We go, Hey, we want to do a little, our own little parenting series. And we talk to our leaders and we're training them. Like, Hey, also your weeks, your, the questions we have, we talk, teach them and try to train them that, Hey, you can adapt these questions. But if you have another curriculum that you want to pull in, you can. Now, there, do very many do that? No, they don't. Um, but if they do choose one, well, one of the things that we say is I'll tell them, hey, pick three or four chapters. Because there's typically three or four chapters are really the good chapters. And then all the rest of the chapters, the one the publisher needs you to publish to make a big book. And, and, and well, you're talking about the Bible there for a second. There's only no, three no, or four no, good no, chapters. No, not the Bible. No. And yeah, it, <laughs> I'm, I'm holding back and not, not talking about your book either. It's all good. Right. right Steve? Okay. Anyway, um, it's thick though, dude. That's a thing. No, I think I would, I'd actually agree with you on that one. <laughs> so, but, but, but one of the things is like, Hey, pick three chapters from that, whatever your topic is that what, you know, whether it's evangelism, whatever it is, but don't take the whole book because most groups won't make it through a book. That's just what we found. They just don't. And, but if you pick three chapters and it's going good, then you continue to go, go through the rest of the book or you have success at just doing three. Yeah. I mean, we, we, there's no fail there. So yeah, with most groups too, it, they, they need that the shorter, the better. When we've done mm -hmm. surveys before a, a three week series is about most they can tap into or tap out of, or you just give them the, the time timeline that, uh, freeze them up. But if it's too long, you, the group is going to get discouraged because they didn't, they didn't finish it. And so you, you want to work on that. And, you know, most groups don't, um, or most curriculums don't meet your flow of rhythm of relationships of what your how your group is working. 
It's their questions. They're not taking into account. This is your first week, fourth week, 10th week, how it all works. Cause there's a relationship building rhythm that are in groups. And so that's one of the things with our sermon base. So this isn't just sermon base. We're on that quarter system. We meet 10 weeks. And so there's this rhythm of, Hey, start party, gather together, set your expectations. Last week is, Hey, say goodbye. If you want stick in, if you want and Hey, what's your thoughts and how has God worked? Well, that's a rhythm of relationship. So it's a church. We're really good at doing the Bible in a lot of ways, but we're not really good at helping people navigate relationships. So Dave, on the quarter quarter system, I mean, do, do the groups stay consistent or do they jump out and go to another one? So one of our health markers is our people staying. So 80% of our people are staying in groups from quarter to quarter. The same group or jumping into same group, same same group. group. And there's, you know, there's a switch over and then there's new people. So what are our health markers? And so you are asking is one is, is there retention? Are people staying in groups? Because if they're not, then they're not building, you know, those kind of relationships that we want them to build. The other one is retaining leadership and new leadership. Are you retaining? If you're losing leadership, then maybe you're, you're, you're not, you're not um, giving your leaders what they need to lead. So those are kind of, those are two of our big ones there. And then new leadership, are you able to raise up new leadership? And most of those are coming out of groups where they're launching. And so if you're not raising up new leadership, wait, we may have, we have a health, we kind of beginning to have an ingrown type issue. And then are people signing up for groups when you do signups? And um, cause if they're not, I mean, again, if your church is growing and you're at a high percentage, you're not going to have a lot of growth. Yeah. Um, but if you're, you know, does it matching your growth and is there really a place to have relationships? Cause we would say a healthy person is tell me who knows you. You go, Hey, I love Jesus. I'm following him. Amen. That tell me who knows you is one of our health questions. Yeah. I think a lot of that is, you know, cause you can get into the attendance or, you know, where you're going and, uh, whether you take attendance or not, I think that what is always true and when you're looking at engagement is who are you connecting with and who, who are the people you're caring for? Because attendance uh, won't get you health, but health will always get you attendance. And so there's, there's different, uh, there's, it's important with your church, however, however you're going with this is figure out how are you measuring health and how are you using the tools that God has given you to uh, get health maximized uh, with that. And just always encourage you to always look at behavioral uh, metrics versus, you know, um, you know, quantified metrics. And what I mean by that, attendance would be a quantified metric. You know, attendance is important, you know, whether people show up or not. But, you know, uh, I know a lot of people who grow old in church, but don't grow up in church. And um, so it's, you know, you just got to make sure your, your health metrics are measuring the, the right things that uh, give you behavioral change uh, in an individual. So that would be our other one is are they involved in community service? So it's kind of are we retaining people in groups? Are we, are we developing and retaining leadership? Are people showing up to groups and are they involved? You know, and then are we adding new people to groups? So those are our behavioral, what you would say, metrics in the midst of that, the big picture. Here's one other thing that, you know, that that's what we have found the sermon base does is it equals the playing field for who's going to join groups. Um, what do I mean by that? You have your academic, you have your person that a highly disciplined person, and they're always going to have someone up on it. If it's something you need to do on your own, completely separate. Whereas if you're listening to the message on the weekend, everybody's hearing the same thing. 
And then you've got these questions there that are, you know, that everybody's answering. So you don't have to be the most disciplined or academic person reader to be able to have insight into what your discussion is going to be like or how to dig into this. So it really is, that's what we have found is really, really, really helped that. And what else has it's helped? It's really helped uh, new believers or spiritually interested people join groups because um, they don't have to come in with a bunch of prep in, in that way. And you know, one of the things that we have found, like, well, what kind of groups do people join? They join groups of people like themselves. And who are people like themselves? They're at stage of life. Uh, we had general groups, all ages and stages. And, and um, when we decided to divide by station alive, what we found is they already were. That's the kind of group for the most part, you know, generally speaking. And so what we have found is it's new believers or people that are interested joining groups of parent to teens, young parents, young marrieds. And suddenly, and, and we found that new believer groups don't work well because they're doing two different stages of life and it just their relationship piece doesn't connect. So the relationship stage of life has been the strength of that connection. So that way they can do social things together, their life and schedules work. And then the sermon-based piece and the way we're doing it helps get them on an equal and same kind of discussion level of, of even, um, even though their spiritual maturity or experience may be at different levels. And it's an incredible mentoring uh, discipleship piece that happens within, within groups. Yep. It's, uh, it's always fun to uh, get different perspectives. Uh, obviously, um, you know, if you go pure sermon base all year round, you can have uh, one point of view. If you use curriculum in a different route, uh, one of the great things is that uh, we're, 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 we're cousins, but we're, we don't do small groups exactly the same. Uh, would, uh, you know, you know do, do different metrics in different ways, but it's something. Dave, I'll give you the final word. Uh, you know, is sermon-based curriculum hazardous to your small group's health? What, how, how, how would you answer the question? My answer is absolutely not. It gets people into the Word. And that to us, if I got them in the Word with people discussing how to live that out, it's just a, a huge win, huge win. And uh, it, it's fun because we'll, we'll, we'll flip it on the other side of it, always wanting to push down the uh, five verbs and, and work that. I encourage you to listen to last week's episode to hear uh, the vantage point on, on the other side of the coin. But it's, a, it's great to always have, um, uh, it, it, I guess I, I go back to, if I go more macro level, I've seen God use senior pastors in so many different ways that are completely wired differently. Amen. And the churches explode in the same way in small group ministry, seen uh, very, very different approaches uh, and pros and cons on, on each side of the fence that you've got to, got to work with in that. And so uh, it, it's a fun thing. So Dave, thanks for jumping on the show. Derek, you didn't have to ring the bell and send us to our corners uh, in, in the in the <laughs> fight or anything like that. Man, so. Yeah. I thought I was going to be like a referee in a heavyweight <laughs> no, you see cage fight, but you guys were pretty nice and pretty civil. Way to go. I know. I, I had to, I had to put on my good hat, you know. Yeah, that's right. Really, it's well, really killing me. Steve, so. Steve I just want to emphasize what you just said. Our hope, I know this is your hope, is we don't want anyone to be North Coast or Saddleback because those we're just two churches of the many churches that are doing ministry and everybody's got their style and design and what works best. We just want people to follow Jesus, grab arms, and grab as many people to go to heaven with us as possible. Yeah. And uh, hopefully we can help 
uh, one another along the way. Well, well, well said. In a, in a time where, uh, in, not just in the United States, but even globally, uh, the the world is more divisive than it's than it's ever been. And uh, so it's it's always great to you know jump on a show and and hear different points of view and try to grow and try to stretch. And if you got either one of us individually, you you go, oh my goodness, they're right, and then they're right. But somehow yeah. Jesus Jesus is more right. Yeah. Derek, bring us home and uh, exit us out of the show and go to the show notes and catch anything you need to know. Steve, Dave, great job on this episode for everybody listening. Thanks so much for uh, spending part of your day with us. We really hope this episode encouraged and equipped you to lead better in your small group ministry. Until next time, goodbye. Thank you for listening to Group Talk. We invite you to subscribe to our podcast through iTunes and get new episodes downloaded automatically. Also, if you enjoy this program, please take a few minutes to give us a positive rating on iTunes so that other small group point people can find us more easily. We encourage you to visit our website, smallgroupnetwork.com, to access our library of free resources, connect to a huddle with other small group ministry leaders in your area, read our blog articles, or join us on our Facebook group. Don't forget to use the hashtag SGNet when engaging with your social media channels. Thank you for your support.